Hey everybody, welcome to episode 350 of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stoltz, Stoltz Fit on YouTube, Stoltz Fit on Instagram, and today I'm talking about ab movements for bulletproof, injury-free lifting career and body. Um, I've done this episode or something very similar in the past, but my recommendations have changed and um, they just kind of evolve with time. It's more, you know, when I do these kind of episodes of my favorite movements, it's kind of my fir- my favorite current movements based on what I've tried with clients, tried with myself, and read up on. So that's what today's show is about. If you have any kind of pain, lower back, upper back, hip, or just in general, don't feel very sturdy and strong, this episode is for you. Thank you for all the support of the podcast. It would mean a lot if you subscribed to the show and left a review and went to go check out Stoltz Fit on Instagram. Now let's get started with today's show. 350 episodes in the book. In the books. I don't remember how that said. 350 in the books. Let's get started. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. This is episode Tree Fitty, and in today's show, I want to talk about ab movements, and I want to talk about this because my abs are a little bit sore, and it made me think of it because I sat down in my office chair here in the office in my house, and it kind of hurt. Exhaled right under the ribs. You guys know how it is if you had sore abs. It's one of the worst muscle groups to be sore because everything does hurt. And remember, soreness isn't the goal, but it is a uh, byproduct of growth sometimes. And in the case of the abs, it happens, especially if you're not used to a movement. So I'm going to give you three today. These are staples. These aren't uh, too complicated. And these are my go-tos. So these are the bread and butter ab movements. I'm not a fan of minimalist training where you only do a few movements in your training. I think it's good to have a variety. I think it's good to do different variations. I think it's good to do different techniques, rotate your lifts as you go. Those are some of my core philosophies and beliefs in training. But there are bread and butter movements, right? If we're talking like, you know, the chest, it's going to be some kind of incline press, some kind of dumbbell press, maybe a fly variation if I'm feeling frisky, probably some kind of flat bench will be worked in there, but variations of that, right? For the abs, I have similar bread and butter movements where my training mainly revolves around these. I'll typically do abs about three times per training week, which is roughly about nine days for me. Um, And in that three-day span, I'll just rotate two movements. So ABA, BAB type of situation there. And then those will rotate every four or five weeks or so. And I'll always come back to the same ones or variations of these. So I'm going to start with my list. Now, these are for anybody who wants to improve strength, stability, and actually get carryover to other lifts as well. 
right? This episode was titled about injury proofing yourself, but in reality, stronger abs will do a lot for you. I've noticed, I would say causation, a direct effect, positive one on my training from training the abs. Now there is a slight negative one when you first start. And I wanted to mention that, that when, if you're a little bit lazy with your ab training, like I am sometimes and definitely was the last in the last year or a couple years ago, over the last few months, it started to kick up into gear a little bit. I'm noticing a lot of results from it. If you're a little bit lazy with it though, like I used to be, and sometimes am, you will get sore and that soreness will affect you. Like right now, I'm a little bit sore because of a new exercise rotation I put in. And because of that new movement, um, this will probably affect my training um, or at least something like bracing in a heavy movement, right? If I went to go to a heavy squat right now, it would be a little bit less, not a lot less, but a little bit less. My performance would be decreased and definitely my drive to do it would be decreased because I wouldn't feel as recovered. And that's a very real thing to have your performance decrease that way, but that will not last very long. It won't last forever and certainly will go away if you're consistent with the training. So remember, you don't have to hammer your abs with hundreds of reps and you don't have to do them every day. Those are some of the most common problems I see in ab training. Some of the biggest ab training mistakes, which could be an episode in its own, would be that people do way too high of reps um, of easier movements just for the burn. And then I would say another error would be not doing complete range of motions, focusing on form and doing things way too fast. And then the other one is that they're training them every day when you really don't have to do this. You treat it just like any other muscle group, I think. And I've tried training my abs every day and honestly didn't get, I got less benefit from it than adding them as a normal body part in a training program and treating them the same way. You have to progress and you have to treat them as if you are trying to grow them. And you wouldn't do, you know, chest every day, at least if you were real into programming of any kind. So with abs, those are some big mistakes. And these are my bread and butter movements. Now, all of these should be done in a lower rep range. And I like 6 to 15, somewhere in there. Um, I don't even like to go up to 20 because I find that form breaks down for me at 15 or so, especially if it's a challenging movement. I like to slow the movement down. So I'll kind of use time under tension model there. So if I can do 15 reps, I'll either choose a variation that's harder, hold weight in the movement, or I will slow it down. So more tension throughout the whole movement, the whole set takes longer, essentially. So let's get started with the list. Um, yeah, top three, and my bread and butters. Let's go. Number one is a tool that I think every gym should have and that you should definitely be using. And you have a DIY option. It's the ab wheel. Now the ab wheel is, I don't think very gimmicky and I don't think it's overpriced either to be honest. I think it's a very good value for what you get. You can put your feet on it, do some kind of pike movement, or you can just do a classic ab rollout, which is number one for me. And the ab rollout, I think, has done a lot of good for my ab strength and stability, as well as hypertrophy. And I truly believe this. It is much better for me than any kind of plank because it's a little bit more dynamic and I can control uh, the speed of it a little bit more. Now, this one for me, if I haven't done it in a while and I work it in, it will get me very sore. 
because it takes a long time to get to that fully extended position um, compared to most exercises. And it's essentially an eccentric or isometric movement. Um, and in, it gets me really sore, but that doesn't last very long. I say maybe a week, right, of doing it. And that's doing it once or twice in the week. Um, it's easy to progress on because there's a few different things you can do. You can slow it down. You could add weight. You could improve your form. Uh, you know, could go further. So extend the range of motion. You could even stand, which I'm not up to that yet on the ab wheel, and most people aren't going to get there. But those are all options, and it's really easy to progress and load, essentially. Same reason why, you know, the squat is a good movement, the deadlift is a good movement, the overhead press is a good movement, because they're easy to load. You don't want to make core movements, movements that are really hard to load, right? You wouldn't want to do a, you know, well, you can do whatever you want, honestly, but a tricep kickback might not be the best core compound movement for you. Well, it's not a compound movement, but it wouldn't be a good bread and butter movement because you can't load it forever, right? It's going to get too heavy. Other body parts are going to come into play. The ab wheel is easy to load, and you don't have anything like grip, hips, anything like that. The only thing that I would say is that a lot of people's form really sucks on the ab roller. So if you're using an ab wheel, be sure that you are using the cue of pulling your ribs down, flattening your upper back. That's the huge, the biggest thing. And you definitely want to move your shoulders and hips together. So think of from your knees, which are on the ground, everything else is a unit, a straight line that moves together. So you won't be keeping your hips up. You won't be sagging your hips. Everything's as straight as a board. And when I was a strength and conditioning coach at Nebraska, we would actually put a board on people's back as they did ab wheel rollouts, make them slow down, and typically their reps would be a lot lower and they would get a lot more tired than they would if they were just going to town, which a lot of athletes tended to do. That's number one. Like I said, six to 15 reps, slow it down if needed. Um, you know, three sets, four sets is plenty. Sometimes I'll superset this with another accessory movement. Um, but that's a, that's a go-to for me. I've noticed a big benefit as far as strength and stability and overall injury proofing in the lower back and abs. The second one is something I got from, uh, I don't know if you call him a YouTuber, a coach, I guess, Brian Allsrew, which I like his content quite a bit on YouTube. And he calls them band, band twisty thingies. Um, so I have that in my workout app as the name of the exercise, but essentially you're doing really dynamic band twists for the obliques and think of it like a, uh, you're th chucking shovels of dirt over your shoulder. Okay. From inside a hole. So you hook a band up to the bottom of a power rack would be perfect. Sometimes I'll hook it to a heavy barbell and grab the band step back so it's a little bit tight and then you're going to go over your left shoulder over your right shoulder and you're going to be doing that dynamically now in this movement i will do higher reps so typically i'll stick to that six, six to 15 range but these are dynamic and i gotta be honest i've noticed a big benefit as well um and this might be specific to me which is a lesson in itself is to choose movements as your bread and butter movements that are specific to you your body and what you do. Now I've been golfing this summer a little bit more and with golfing, you're twisting and you're putting a lot of torque on your body. So doing these kind of dynamic twists 
may look a little bit hippie, but it totally is helping with at least not having me tweak my back while swinging golf clubs. And that might really just be from repetition, right? Getting used to a lot of that twisting motion is just preparing me for more twisting motions in day-to-day life. But that got me thinking down the rabbit hole of how much people actually twist. And it's a plane that you don't really work in too much. And it is something that you probably do if you're moving boxes, you're turning around at work even, you're you're putting stuff in a car and then reaching back behind you. All these different things happen. And you know I like training for life. And I think that this is a good movement to train yourself for that. So it's my one of my go-tos right now as far as the obliques. And I've noticed some benefit in back pain and back tweaking. And I recommend giving it a try. So band twisty thingies. You could probably just look that up on YouTube for an example. Um, because I'm pretty sure Brian did a tutorial of it. But they're very good movement. And it's interesting doing a fast movement. Not feeling tired in your abs. And then your abs get sore the next day. So it's kind of an interesting thing that helped me kind of connect to my abs in a different way. The next movement, the last movement, actually, this is a quick podcast. Movement number three are going to be hanging leg raises, specifically hanging knee raises where your legs are bent at 90 degrees. I'll explain why um, and why not necessarily straight leg raises. So The main reason is because of the ease to load. And I know I just talked about the dynamic ab movement, but I really do like movements that you can do lower reps on. Cable crunches are a good movement. Machine crunches I even like. The ab wheel rollouts are easy to load. I like those all because you're easy to progress. And with a hanging knee raise, you can actually grip dumbbells between your feet. So, you know, you cross your feet, you can hold a dumbbell between your shoes. So the top of one shoe, bottom of the other, or just in between your ankles, you can hold dumbbells, which is a great way to actually add resistance to a great ab movement. That being said, I haven't done that yet. And I've had this in my training for a good six to eight weeks without rotating it out. And the reason for that is because I am really, really working on perfecting form on this movement. Now, what I would commonly do before is, you know, quicker, leg raises, you could say, about to 90 degrees, maybe a little bit above, and then down. I was a fan of the tension of putting them down about, you know, five-sixths of the way, if you will, three-quarters maybe, so keeping some tension on the abs. Now, what I've been doing lately is complete full range of motion on these. Full range of motion on a hanging leg raise is hanging straight down, pulling your legs up in front of you and then rotating them all the way up to, I guess, your face or your chest, your knees, right? So you're showing your butt forward, essentially, um, in an upside down way, which sounds kind of wild. But you're bringing your knees all the way up and through. You're not just going to 90 degrees, you're going well past that. It's probably, you know, more in the mid hundreds of degrees you are going very very high up and that alone has added a big degree get difficulty for me as with straight legs it's very difficult definitely doing around 10 reps good form straight legs and that's on my best set those are not staying the same every set and i'll tell you that too but i don't know if that's just me individually but um if you're truly challenging your abs and you are doing a movement that you can load properly, you probably aren't going to be getting, you know, four sets of 20. 
you should probably be getting like a set of 20, a set of 16, a set of 15, a set of 13, something along those lines because you're putting the same amount of effort in but your ability to do good form, good technique is breaking down over time. And that's what happens in the leg raises for me is a lot of technique breakdown. And I noticed that even with the knee movement. So I regressed, I moved back to hanging knee raises and I'm just gonna stay with those add dumbbells if needed, but keep the form really good and really tight. And that's my strategy going forward. Those are my three, my big bread and butter ab movements right now. And I've actually noticed injury proofing in all three of them. And I guess the third one, I just didn't mention why. It's really because of the full range of motion, right? And I think that ab wheel rollouts are great for stability. The band twists are good for dynamic movement. But it's also really important to actually experience hypertrophy in your abs. And the best way to do that is to go through a full range of motion in the hypertrophy rep ranges. And that actual muscle growth in the abs, actual increases in strength is going to help you so much in keeping yourself injury-free, bulletproofing your core and your back, and really translating over to your lifts as well that ab hypertrophy getting stronger having it not a weak link right so one leg movement that i'm a big fan of for me personally and my leverages is a front squat i can hold a front squat in a really good front rack position just for my like wrist flexibility and unfortunately size of my biceps and things like that so i can hold a nice front rack and when I hold that nice front rack, usually the part that breaks down in my squat because I have a pretty strong back squat, the part that breaks down in the front squat was always my back and core, essentially. The abs would be a little bit weak, upper back would be a little bit weak, and doing more dedicated ab training focused on growing them has made a big difference where I don't even notice that anymore. It's honestly the quads now, and that's what I want. So it has eliminated a weakness in another lift that I care about, which is huge. And I will always be a fan of the direct ab training because of that. So that's it for today, guys. Some bread and butter movements for you. Hopefully some ideas for your own training. And if anything, got you thinking about adding ab training into your training in a more focused and um, intentional way instead of just throwing in some crunches or machine work or a plank at the end of your workout. I used to do that actually, that kind of training, and never really got the point of training abs until I was really, really intentional with them, and the soreness goes away, and you really start seeing the benefits quick. So thank you for joining me for episode 350. Kind of feels like a milestone. I think it does every time I hit a 50 number because it's halfway to the next 100, but I'm not done. I'll be back on Friday for another podcast, and be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss that one. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.